What's up, everyone? I am Ryan Wolt, and welcome to week three of the Roast West Coast podcast. This show is all about coffee, the innovators behind coffee in North County, San Diego, and learning a little bit more about this drink that, for many of us, has been a little daily reminder of what normal was like before the coronavirus. I've been sharing the stories of some of the very best coffee roasters in the hyper-local, passionate-about-coffee community of North County, San Diego. And today is no different. This week, my guest is Matt Della Rosa. He is the founder and roaster behind Ironsmith Coffee Roasting. Matt took some time off while doing some renovations in his shop right in the heart of Encinitas to hop onto a video chat with me to discuss the Ironsmith origin story, how they've adapted during the coronavirus pandemic by remodeling the shop or revamping their website, ironsmithcoffee.com, and adding subscription options in time for the holidays. And now, it's time for another good cup of coffee and the show. Welcome. Thanks for joining me for a cup of coffee on the Roast West Coast podcast. Yeah, for uh, sure. Thank you for having me. Yeah, you bet, man. You founded Ironsmith Coffee in 2015, and I'm wondering what motivated you to start a roastery and a cafe then, and how has your role kind of as the founder and roaster changed over the years? Good question. I started, yeah, it opened in 2015. It was probably a few years of development by the time, you know, that happened. So I would say around 2013, 2012, 2013, it was around the time I was starting to think about opening up a coffee shop. And a lot of that had to deal with just the fact that I was in my mid twenties. I was just over what I was doing at that point, And I was looking to do something different, right? That was like the, the catalyst. And then from there, it was, coffee was not my first like go-to. It was, hey, what can I do different in life? And that was like, that was the question. And it took some time before it led me to coffee. And I think coffee was a beacon for me just because I enjoyed coffee as much as the next person. Uh, I made it at home. Was I, did I work? I never worked in the industry. I was never a barista or a roaster, but I did like coffee and I would find myself going to different coffee shops when I traveled uh, for the job that I had at uh, that time. I traveled a lot and I always found myself going to different coffee roasters specifically because I wanted to sit down and enjoy a cup of coffee. And I knew at that point, I knew that going to a coffee roaster, to some degree, I would get better coffee. That's all I knew. <laughs> that's not 100% accurate. You know, you don't go to just any coffee roaster and that coffee is going to be amazing. But I had a conclusion like, all right, fresher coffee should taste better. So that led to a rabbit hole and eventually found my way back to San Diego. And I realized through, at that time, I realized there wasn't as many coffee shops, at least coffee roasters, at least to my perspective. And I figured, oh man, this is something, you know, it was right in front of my eyes. I found myself going to coffee shops to try to create business ideas. I would go to coffee shops to do that. And I think I just looked around. I was like, wow, maybe this, maybe coffee is what I want to do. And I think I just started investing more time and money on coffee equipment, started roasting coffee at home. And eventually got to that point where I was like, I, I need to make a return on all this money I've been spending on all this coffee equipment out. So one thing led to another and it just, you know, it was a rabbit hole from there. I'm sure um, you and many listeners probably have been in that position where you just start to you know, snowball and I just felt like going for it. You know? So that's how I, that's how I got into coffee. Yeah. It's interesting that uh, you're talking about the, the, just getting more into it as an, on a personal level and investing money and time. And, and I think about that a lot with a lot of 
a lot of things that I've done, it's because at some point I realized I had committed so much money, I'd better justify doing it to my <laughs> wife or to whoever, you know, I, I that, need to justify that and, and the, the common mistake of, which, which added fuel to my journey, but the common mistake of telling everyone that you're going to do something. Oh, sure. I'm like, all right, so I'm going to start my own business. I'm going to do, you know, eventually, you know, if anybody, <laughs> a certain amount of pride, I'm like, all right, now I got to follow through. I've told too many people. Oh, kind of like telling people you're going to start a coffee podcast. Yeah, I get that. <laughs> yeah, now you got to follow through because everyone's waiting. Or yeah. You don't want to be called out for not doing it. I got to hope people like you want to talk to me. You had mentioned uh, travel. I know a few years ago, I think you got a chance to travel to Ethiopia to visit some coffee farms. Uh, I did, yeah. To yeah. see the source of the beans. Kind of what was that like and how does that change? Once you've seen like the farm in person, how does that change how you source your beans or how you treat them You know, back here in the States? Yeah, that that was a huge. Uh, that would that was always a goal from the from the beginning, uh, starting a business and especially a, a coffee roaster because you know, part of our main supply, our main ingredient, our main is uh, is I'm sorry, we got customers peek, peek, peeking in. <laughs> they, they forget we're closed. Anyways, part of the goal was to travel and meet farmers from the get go because I wanted that experience and I wanted that storytelling. And I wanted to be able to, you know, it's I, I, I imagine if you uh, owned a, a t-shirt company and you know being able to travel to Colombia and find your organic cotton and things like that, that was like what I wanted. It, a little, a little romantic, you know. And but I, I wanted that story and I wanted to be able to meet farmers. So, but starting a business, you know, being, you know, is it's tough to, you know, have line and I line items saying travel to Ethiopia, you know, thousands of dollars. So it took a few years before we felt like that was feasible. Uh, and once we did, you know, we didn't look back, you know, so traveling to Ethiopia, it was great because to me, it's one of my favorite, if not my most favorite coffee uh, region, just because that's where coffee first was cultivated um, and where it was growing or, uh, you know, organically, like it just, it, it, that's where coffee originated. And so in Ethiopia, you know, most of the varietals, uh, of coffee there it, they consider them heirloom they just most people don't know like it's just been wildly grown for so long it's mutated so many times and so for a coffee roaster it's like going to Disneyland when you go to Ethiopia there's so many you know it's grown in people's backyard it's grown on hills just everywhere um, so it was always a dream to be able to go to Ethiopia and meet the farmers there and travel to these you know remote areas and mountainous areas and find coffee and so that was great because it finally linked that missing piece that I always felt like uh, we didn't have yet. So, um, and the way we, you know, I, I always felt, I understanding where coffee comes from and how much labor goes into it um, is one thing and being able to appreciate that is one thing, but then going there and seeing how it's done is a whole other level. So yeah, it definitely helped, you know, already it helped increase my appreciation for what I already had for coffee and then going there was just, wow, it just blew me away. Yeah. It's, uh, as we're talking, I'm realizing that I actually went to a, a coffee farm while I was traveling, uh, in Ecuador once and I just totally forgot about it. So right now, and, and looking back, that might've actually been one of the first times that I actually looked at like what the differences in coffee is from, uh, you know, different styles of beans and things. And, and, and now Ethiopian coffee is also the first one that I could actually taste like different fruit flavors in and different things and identify yeah. kind of the nuance of it. And I, it's, 
similar to growth for drinkers, I think it's similar to your growth in craft beer. Like one day you're drinking Coors Light and the next day, yep. you know, somebody hands you a blonde ale and the next day you're drinking double IPAs and waiting in line to get something fancy. And, and coffee has yeah. got kind of that too. And that community around coffee is continually growing as well. And you're far, you're far enough into Ironsmith um, now and you've got your other projects as well. Mestizo, I believe, is, is how it's pronounced and some other Correct, things. Yeah. That the community becomes kind of its own ecosystem. How do you? Feel, how does that community in Encinitas, where you where your shop is located, how has that grown and changed? And and uh, you know how difficult has it been to try to keep things consistent for them? Which I know is something that's important to you guys. Yeah, you know it, it's definitely changed uh, since we began because when we first started uh, here in Encinitas, you know, Pennington, Lofty, uh, and Coffee, coffee, and uh, you know, Zoom Bar and Cardiff were the were the coffee shops that were around. And uh, you know, coming in as a new as a newcomer, you always feel like you know you had to prove uh, quite a few things. And you know, this community definitely knew what a, a certain quality cup of coffee was like, thanks to uh, other shops like Lofty and Zoom Bar. And so, you know, coming in, you you definitely feel that uh, competition. I couldn't tell you like how many times when we first started. You know, people coming into the shop, just customers, just curious what we were up to. And their questions were like, "Why? What makes you different from Lockyer Zumbar?" It's such a daunting question at first, you know. And I really, not knowing how to understand that, you're like, I, "I'm just trying my best here." Like, you know, I wasn't really thinking about trying to compete necessarily with those other shops. I just wanted, I just like doing it. And so, you know, the the customer base it was mixed at first. You know, it's people who were diehard this shop coming here, trying us out and really wanting to dissect and criticize what we were doing. And that's fine. And I was willing to get through that because I knew that was sort of just part of the, the journey that I had to get through. And after some time, you know, being consistent on what we're doing and, and not changing. And sometimes you don't, sometimes you lose customers because they're looking for a specific type of drink that we just don't make. And you know what? That's okay. Because I found that I don't enjoy making a specific product, like personally from, from a barista's perspective and let alone an owner's perspective, you're never really going to put that love and sort of attention to detail into whatever that drink may be. And I would say frappuccinos. We still get that question if we make frappuccinos. It's not something I personally like to drink. Uh, and so that's why we don't make it. And sure, if we lost customers to that, yeah, it's all right. You know, just because... I'd rather be putting out a product that I'm consistently making because I enjoy making it than putting out a product just because a handful of customers may request it. Mm-hmm. So being consistent to that, I think inevitably you, you settled into your, your seat a little bit more and people know what your company is about. Um, and then you naturally organically create this customer base. And so that's why I felt like being consistent is so important. You know, by, you know, we're about five, five and a half years in, it's really not that long of a time. I, I'm super grateful and, and excited for how long we've been here, but at the same time, it's really not that long. And so I think staying consistent from here on out is, is so important because people will know what we're about. The first time I came into your shop was actually to get bread because someone had told me yeah. how good the bread was. And then I stayed because of the coffee and it was kind of just a nice, nice place to be around. Is there a mission to how you guys do your roasting besides consistency? Obviously that's important, yeah. but is there something you're trying to 
to do with the beans or to bring out or to convey to the customers or to the people coming in. Like this is why what we do has value. Yeah. So my philosophy in roasting, and I think many specialty coffee roasters probably share a similar value here in terms of roasting is you want to just get out of the way. You know, you roast the coffee, but how the coffee is going to taste is how it's going to taste. What you really want to do is get out of the way and roast it to the best that you can so that whatever innate organic flavors are in that coffee are brought out, not adding too much, you know, heat. So it brings out like, you know, too much roasty flavor. You want to just like let that coffee shine. And so for me, that's one variable in the journey of how we make coffee, like sourcing good coffee and then roasting it. And then again, stay out of the way, roast it, just let the coffee come out how it's going to come out. And then from there, you know, as we brew, we have a lot of variables that we're looking at to make sure that coffee is going to come out great. It's not just a, uh, although it is an, a, a subjective opinion on like what good coffee tastes like, I think overall we have this tolerance and this spectrum of what we know like what we believe coffee, like where we want to hit to make sure it tastes enjoyable. And so we have all these like benchmarks throughout the process. And really a lot of it is just get out of the way and let the coffee sort of taste as well as it can. And it, it starts with sourcing good coffee. You know, it's like a chef, like you're going to use good quality products and then you'll cook it and it's going to present itself to be amazing. It, it's, it's, it's difficult to like try to add so many flavors to it, you know? So that's, that's a, a value and the philosophy that I have with roasting coffee. Yeah, I've asked, I always ask chefs what they eat at home. And, uh, you know, what are you, you know, when you go to the grocery store, what are, what brands are you buying or what are you buying? And I'm always interested to hear. And it's usually like, well, at home, I'm only eating, you know, organic or not doing this or the other thing. And, uh, so I just think that's interesting. Hey, everyone, I'll be right back with the second half of my conversation with Matt Delarosa. But first, some words about one of the show's sponsors, Emmy and Lil Fine Jewelry. Handcrafted, one-of-a-kind necklaces, earrings, bracelets, and some really cool copper fire pieces are available now at emmyandlil.com. They make a great gift for the holidays. Check out emmyandlil.com or look for links in this show's notes. If you're enjoying this podcast, please check out roastwestcoast.com and sign up with your email for more coffee content, including show transcripts, recaps, promotions, and please consider subscribing to the bonus content, which directly supports the creation of this show and future shows. And now, back to my conversation with Matt Delarosa of Ironsmith Coffee Roasters. I think of you as a uh, forward-facing kind of customer service roaster and, and owner, a few months ago, we chatted for a, a column in the Coast News and emailed and you were like out making deliveries like in Chula Vista and all the way up in North County. <laughs> the coronavirus has impacted, you know, everyone, small businesses in particular. And I think you were one of the first that I saw, uh, not just coffee shops, but any hospitality business really kind of out front communicating with the customers about what you were doing in a simple, easy to understand way. It was something that I really appreciated. But how did, you know, how did the process of creating plans and communicating them to people during the pandemic, which is ongoing, obviously, come about? And then how did the, those customer interactions kind of impact you and the way you guys are doing things now at the shop? You know, when we first, okay, so before the pandemic, you know, communicating customers, our main, our main channel was uh, social media. You know, we just found our, our most engagements on that, especially on Instagram. And so that was always a way for us to communicate what was happening 
what was new, new products, etc. And then as the pandemic was starting, a few things, a few things there. Uh, a, I had just me and my wife had just had a baby, uh, April fifth, actually. Oh, congratulations! Right, right? Yeah, thank you. So that was you know leading up to that, and so my sort of spidey senses on just attention to awareness and just from a personal perspective was heightened. And so, you know, my business, Ironsmiths, is such a it's such an extension of myself. And so it was it happened very organically. And I think honestly, the catalyst for that was my wife. I, I forget which brand. She, you know, she a shops at a specific you know clothing store, and I think she got an email. Let's I don't I don't remember the which company it was. She got an email and sort of listed out like what they were doing and it's a big company. And so I think they were just sort of attention to detail. They had a lot of uh, um, people on hands on deck to, to communicate like a proper PR company. And I saw that and that really was like a huge sort of push for me. And I saw what they were doing and it was a big company. And I was like, Oh, you know what? I, we should probably, I, I, I think I just saw like what potentially could happen uh, with the pandemic. And at the time it was just starting. I think New York was the one that was just having a lot of trouble. We were, here in California, just seeing everything go down. And so that really was it. It was me observing what other places were doing and my own personal sort of take on it, just because I was about to start a family. I wasn't just a single guy just worrying about myself anymore. And I, I truly cared about, you know, customers coming in and the employees, the baristas that I had at that time, I was really, you know, worried about what, to ha- what was going to happen next. So that was how that happened, communicating that. And then it just became habit because if you, you know, we all remember things were almost changing hourly, daily. I would wake up every day and like, what is happening today? What should I know about today? Like we're open, we're allowed to stay open. What do I need to worry about? And then being able to communicate that, you know, as quickly as possible was really important. Sure. Was there ever a time where you thought maybe we should just close down for a few days or a week or? Well, yeah, 100%. I, uh, you know, I, at some point, it was probably in April, I unfortunately had a furlough, like 90% of my staff, and it was just me and another barista just holding it down. And I remember thinking, I mean, it was like rainy, it was dire, it was, it was, I was just thinking too, like, what are we doing? Like, why are we here? And, you know, we, we, we always had customers come in. Some days were a lot slower than others, and it's okay. But I noted it, it a lot of it had to do with the fact that I knew Providing some sort of normalcy and uh, in, 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 in being able to make someone a cup of coffee a lot of when everything else seemed to have been flipped upside down was super important because I looked at it from a customer's perspective. I'm like, wow, literally everything is shut down. I'm stuck at home. What? How can we provide some normalcy here to make people feel like things will be okay? And I knew I was in a position to be able to provide that. And that was a lot. I, I looked at that. I was like, wow, that's a big responsibility because I can't stay open. Um, I know a lot of shops closed down and a lot of it had to do, I, I would imagine a lot of, a lot of it had to do with the fact that, you know, most shops are bigger than me, whether multiple shops, more employees, had we been bigger, had we been, had we had more, you know, multiple shops or employees, I probably would have done the same thing. And I don't think anybody could knock you on for that. There's just a lot of moving parts. At one point it was just me and one barista. That's all I had to worry about in the shop. So it was more manageable. I'll put it that way. It was more manageable to stay open. Sure. Yeah, than other could, businesses. Yeah. You could control that environment. 
now that we are getting, you know, we're six, seven months into this pandemic, uh, we're starting to enter the holiday seasons, Thanksgiving, you know, Christmas, New Year's, um, Hanukkah. Do you guys have anything planned coming up? You know, how can people be supporting you guys buying coffee as gifts? I mean, are you doing subscriptions? Like what can people do um, to get your coffee this season? Yeah, so we, we recently revamped our website. This year has been all about utilizing this, you know, quote unquote downtime. And how can we slingshot ourselves for the next year or the next coming months? And um, we had always been planning on revamping our website to be a much more user-friendly website um, and, and kind of leveling up to some of the brands that I respect and look up to. And so we we revamped our website and added all new, uh, you know, we redesigned our labels, we redesigned, um, redesigning the shop currently right now. So I love being able to sell directly to customers. I just love the fact of like shipping coffee props fresh from the roastery to a customer. Um, nothing wrong. You know, if other roasters choose to go through a middleman, like a grocery store, I just have um, never, you know, again, personally, I've just never been a big fan of going that route and, and at the cost sometimes of making less revenue. But I enjoy being able to ship directly to customers. There's like this personal, intimate experience of being able to ship to someone up in the mountains in Colorado, you know. And so being, uh, utilizing coffee uh, sales is a great way to help support um, any coffee shop for that fact. So especially a roastery. Uh, so that's one huge way we have subscriptions. You know, you can choose how many bags you want, how frequently you want it. I've always loved that fact because when you run out of coffee, it's uh, a dire morning. Those are, that's probably one of the best ways right now to help support us. And the holidays coming in, you know, we're, it's still, we haven't really figured out exactly what we want to do. Collaborating with bakeries is a great way to get, you know, a package deal in house for us, like retail bags. But I think, uh, getting some new swag. We have some new hats coming in, some new shirts that, that are coming in for the holiday season. So that would be a great way. Well, to keep a lookout for those, I'm going to end today with kind of with a, a two-part question. Uh, one, on days when you're not going into work, what style of coffee are you drinking on your own just for you? I say, And uh, anything else you want us to know about Ironsmith Coffee Roasting Company and, and what you guys are doing? So how do I make coffee? I actually have a... Bonavita, like five cup maker. I, uh, you know, I, I brew enough for me and my wife. You know, I'll, I'll wake up, you know, four thirty a.m. Even if I'm not coming into work, that's just a habit at this point. First thing I do is actually make a, you know, a, it's basically two cups of coffee. Um, I don't do pour overs at home. It's sort of what's interesting about that is when you first start in coffee, you know, you you definitely there's like this romantic sort of process that you have with it, and it still is. But you learn to streamline a few things, and um, I, I love automation. I love being able to control automation and get and get great coffee out of automation, not just because I want to cut corners. So uh, I use a Bonavita. I think it's the five cup thermos maker. So I use that, and I, I actually buy coffee from different places. I don't always brew my own coffee, and I think that is a way for me to gauge, you know, how well I'm doing and to enjoy other great roasters. I, I love buying coffee from other places too. So that's how I make coffee at home. Just if anybody wants any tips on it, you know, the, the Bonavita is the best. <laughs> the Bonavita is the <laughs> and, best. And uh, yeah, the next question, anything uh, that we need? Oh yeah, you know, we're, like I said, we're revamping the site or revamping the shop right now. And I think uh, it'll be completely, if you haven't been to the shop in 
a few months or even a few weeks, it's going to look 100% different. And I love the fact that we still love improving, you know, five years in, you know, it's easy just to be complacent and just sort of settle in ways. We didn't have to, you know, revamp this, the shop, but something about this year obviously was different and we wanted to, it, it just motivated us. So I love the fact that we're still motivated to improve um, and that from, from improving the shop, let alone improving our, our coffee roasting and coffee sourcing. So that will just keep going, I'm sure, constant improvement. Well, congratulations on uh, surviving another year, and, and hopefully 2021 is going to be a smoother ride, I think, for everyone. Yeah, I hope so, too. Absolutely. Thanks for sharing a cup of coffee with me this morning. Yeah, appreciate it. That's it for my conversation with Matt Della Rosa. After meeting with him and having a few more experiences with Ironsmith, I think my biggest takeaway is how consistent they've been in both presenting and preparing their coffee products, and also in their willingness to commit to their values as a business and a community member. As a customer, I've been impressed at the transparency Matt has installed to make sure that those supporting his shops always know what is happening related to the coronavirus response and requirements. I'd put their efforts right up there with some of the best anywhere in the city. The best way to support Ironsmith is to buy their coffee. They roast and ship directly to make sure your coffee order is fresh. And with their recently updated ironsmithcoffee.com website, it is easy to order a bag, sign up for a subscription, or even send one as a gift. Head over to ironsmithcoffee.com or click the link in this show's notes. You can also follow at ironsmithcoffee on Facebook and Instagram for updates on their holiday coffee subscriptions and what's going on in their shop day to day. You can always find links in this show's notes or on roastwestcoast.com. And if you haven't already heard them, please be sure to go back and check out previous Roast West Coast interviews. We recently chatted with Steve Rail, founder and head roaster of Zumbar Coffee and Tea, and Elliot Reinecke of Steady State Roasting in Carlsbad, California. And of course, we have our ongoing Coffee Smarter sessions with Chris O'Brien, founder of Coffee Cycle, who will be back this Friday. And be sure to subscribe to this show wherever you're listening to this podcast so that you don't miss next week's great guest, Lofty Coffee's Executive Director of Coffee, Siri Simran Kalsa. Thank you for joining me the next few months while we explore the coffee roasters of North County, San Diego. And be sure to subscribe wherever you're listening to great podcasts, including Apple, Spotify, Amazon Music, and basically everywhere. Before I sign off, I want to thank the Coast News Group for collaborating with me on this project. Check out thecoastnews.com's podcast directory, and you'll find this show there, along with plenty of other great content, including the North County Beat Podcast hosted by Kelly Kyle. This episode of the Roast West Coast Podcast was produced and recorded by me, Ryan Wolt. Thanks for listening and subscribing to the bonus content at roastwestcoast.com. And as always, be sure to drink good coffee.